0: Hello and welcome to the Ski Racing Podcast with me, at Drake. Ben Clark and I are joined by none other than the superstar that is Mr. David Riding, fresh off the back of his podium in today's event. What a day you've just had, my son.
1: Yeah, not a bad day at the office. I can't complain, that's for damn sure. Um, <laughs> turned it around from Zagreb, at least.
0: How are you feeling going into today? Because obviously the results in Zagreb were, were tricky, let's say. You can then- say
1: it catastrophic <laughs> went into last both times after the finish yeah i was uh obviously a lot of self-doubt after a result like that because um yeah natural to be disappointed um I, I actually went into it feeling great but then got there the snow was horrendous i don't know what they tried to do but it was absolutely shocking like it sometimes can be there because it's generally a bit warmer climate yeah um, so yeah it was um I had a couple of easy days training which was nice but still a lot of have uh, I still got it um, but it seems to be my lucky bib bib eight so
0: yeah <laughs> yeah, think, yeah have you still got it I think you have
1: yeah do you think that you
0: you seem to perform very well under pressure like when it comes crunch time when you're back seemingly against the wall you
1: yeah I don't know uh, maybe I stopped thinking too much stopped to think more about the skiing. Um, it's a funny one. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. It's my my three podiums now have been when literally I've least expected it. Um, so maybe I have to change my sort of approach. I was I, in training all week. I was trying to just be a bit more relaxed, be a bit more sort of um, trust myself and just just let this let the skis go a bit rather than being a bit more tense and trying to force it, which is maybe what I've done a bit too much of. But um, yeah. I don't really know. It just, I just seem to pull it out of the bag at some certain times when I need it. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it must have been uh, pretty nice to see where you were going today, Dave, in comparison
1: to some of the other races so far this year. Yeah, it was very nice, uh, nice weather. It was just such a shame that they couldn't have fans because it, um, it's never been so good here. And when when it's good weather, the Swiss go they turn up in numbers. Um, so yeah, they're really unlucky not to have fans. But um, beautiful, beautiful weather finally.
0: I like what they did with the, uh, well, what Swisscom did with getting some fans yeah. in. Where we, where were your fans? Where, where was your mum and dad?
1: Yeah, I, I didn't even know about it. <laughs> There's no way they knew about it. <laughs> we were trapped off from the world in Britain.
0: I did, I quite, I was thinking about those chalets that you can actually see. Normally you can't, they're sort of, Yeah. they have like the grandstand must be pretty much on their balcony that they can't see anything.
1: But today for those guys, best yeah, from see, they definitely had some mates around. I mean, there's no way to fit in twenty on into those houses. They're not that big. was
2: going to say Switzerland on full lockdown like we are.
1: No, they're not. They're open. It's weird. We arrived here and and you see the streets are full of people, and you It's almost like you're questioning what's going on. Um, and then you, yeah, it's. Uh, you're like, oh, this is actually semi-normal.
0: Let's um, let's run through the re- results for anybody that hasn't seen today's event. Um uh, Dave you, you spoiler managed, alert Yes, yeah, boy, if you haven't watched it yet, you you better hurry up. Um but yeah, Dave you d- picked up third place 1500s off the of the uh the win Strasser just one honey ahead, 14 honey's back and Swartz picked up his uh his first world cup win.
1: Not not overall, I don't know about. Slalom slalom.
2: win, I think that's the stat, isn't it? Am I, am I wrong? Mm-hmm. Could be. That's what they were saying
1: on. that's what they were saying
2: on telly. He might have won a a city event or something. Along. I was surprised the when they said
1: final. it. He beat me in the parallel final. I know that. It's always a bloody Austrian that wins. Damn Austrians. Yeah,
2: yes. I think. Yeah, I think that's what they were saying on the telly. That was his first kind of just straight slalom victory. Oh, yeah, um, which I was surprised at as well because he's been skiing pretty well for the last couple of years. So when I picked as well. him, yeah. Him. Hey, I was. <laughs> <thanks for that. laughs> I was just, Dave and I had a very good day with the uh, predictions for this uh, when, when Schwartz took the lead I was like right everyone else can fall over and Dave can stay on the podium I'm happy <laughs> at that point <laughs>
1: you were literally taking five points over me being second <laughs> I mean ben. I mean,
2: I was pretty mad at, I was pretty mad at Strasser for, for that hundredth um, and that was something watching it Dave I, was, I, I thought you must have been pretty happy with because on, on both those runs the, the top section and middle section were absolutely lightning And over the course of a race, the fact that you're only 1,500s back, you must know you you can easily find 1,500s. And I know everyone probably makes errors on that last pitch, but it must be really hugely confidence-building, not only getting on the podium, but knowing you can find those 1,500s in in probably a bunch of places.
1: Yeah, I mean, Adderburn has never been great for me anyway. Like, 12th was my best before today. Um, And, yeah, I mean, I crossed my tips. or something weird happened just before the pitch on the second run which, yeah, I was obviously fortunate to stay on two feet rather than anything, to be honest. But, uh, yeah, it's uh, very tight. It's so tight this year. If I was, I think um, I saw Daniel Yule was seventh today, but only 1,400s behind me. So, yeah, it's, uh, it, it's it's mega tight at the moment, Slalom. But, yeah, like you say, it's nice to just to be reminded that um, I can still compete with the, the, the top guys.
2: Yeah, all the way back to 10th was pretty close. So Hiroshilov was 10th and he was only 0.51 off. So yeah. they were absolutely packed in today. It was, it was really, enough. really exciting viewing. It was, I mean, all weekend was pretty exciting across all the events. But today I was pacing around and shouting at the telly. And also it's like yeah. watching a football game it was all over the place.
0: I was so nervous, Dave, that you were going to end up fourth by a hundredth. Just yeah,
1: true. True. I was thinking that at the bottom
0: that what that that, that um strass had probably done he done enough to get on the podium and
1: well with about four to go i was like oh this is looking like i might pull off another couple but probably fourth yeah but yeah Clement did me a favor and made a couple of mistakes it's it's hard isn't it to
0: not to to try and stay i don't know like a good a good human and not wish for other people's misfortunes it's um, not hard.
1: I think it's natural to fill a couple out I mean the amount of podium some of these guys have had unfair unfair yeah
0: did um, how have coaches and how's Tristan taken it how's Jai taken it
1: yeah obviously great it was really good we also had the obviously Billy Laurie and Raposo were, were still were here today so like after the race, I remember in Kitzbühel, it was it, I was obviously a small team then, but you guys were there. And, and then today, it was <laughs> the teams obviously getting much stronger, and and um, it's nice to have some teammates and, and other guys around to to um, share it with, and and hopefully um, show to them that it's it's massively doable. Certainly after their good results.
0: Yeah, Laurie picked up a win and a second, and then. Um... Billy took the win on the second day after a solid seventh in the first day. So it must be really nice, especially you, you would have seen that sort of pace all summer, I presume, or not all summer, but...
1: Um, really I didn't nice do extreme. a huge amount with the boys this summer. Um, well, I saw them. I was, they were in sasse and that and, and um, I saw them in the first Europa Cups. I've seen Laurie, obviously, for two, two or three years now. He was with me for two or three years and like some days the skiing he would do is just ridiculously good. Um, so I know, yeah, I've definitely seen what he's capable of, but it looks like he's figuring out how to get that to the finish. Uh, and, and Billy, a huge, huge step. I think that Laurie's leading the Europa Cup and Billy's in third, <laughs> so it's absolutely nuts. I would ne- like, I said to, I said to them, I, I, I don't have any words for what they did there. It was, uh, it was incredible. And then, One and then way. you show him how, then you
0: show them how the big dog does it.
1: Well, I just yeah, I just really know that I've I've still got something. I'm not. I might I might be 34, but I can still shake it occasionally. No. British chance going to
2: be tough this year, Dave.
1: Yeah, I'm hoping COVID calls it off. <laughs> <laughs> Don't need that pressure. Hope you are sleep. The expectation at the British is way more than Olympics in Britain. I'm telling Expect, you, now.
0: expecting big performances. Crikey how has this changed your sort of view for the next few races or the rest of the winter or into world champs? Does this have an effect on on what you guys are doing or is this just good performance, feel good and, and crack on?
1: Yeah, it doesn't affect our plan. Um, the plan's the plan and we, we go with that. But it certainly just um, just reminds me that, you know, just put your good skiing out there and, and you're, right, you're right in the mix. Um, obviously, I'm probably a little bit more condition dependent than some guys are. Um, I really, I really like the harder, certainly compact to ice snow. Um, and and uh, I've always struggled in the salt. Absolutely. All, always. Certainly, certainly on this setup. So, yeah, I'm definitely, I like the ice. I like it harder. Don't like the salt. You've got
0: Jai now. He's taken over doing your skis from Ali.
1: Yeah.
0: Has, and that's obviously a big boost to him as somebody coming fresh into doing your skis. I mean, obviously he, he'd helped out when uh, with the workload and stuff when Ali was around, but obviously Ali was the main tech and now Jai stepping in, that's got to be a big boost for him as well in terms of your guys' communication and what you look for. for, for yeah,
1: yeah, definitely. I mean, I think it just reassures him that what he's doing is is spot on. Um, and yeah, obviously it gives him confidence that he knows what he's... I always thought he, he did. Um, but yeah, it's just that reassuring probably to him, to Tristan, to, to us that um, we're going in the right direction with, with what he's doing sort of thing. Excellent. In all respect, obviously it's not, my skis have always been good.
0: Yeah. But it's, still you know, when you change, when you, when, you know, somebody so crucial to the setup changes, you know, obviously your ski technician is a huge part of, of you doing well. Yeah. yeah so for you guys from having Ali for so long and doing such a good job, and then having Jai coming in. And yeah, it's that reassurance,
1: really isn't it? It's that, yeah, we're, we're on the right path and keep doing what we're doing.
0: And uh, and your your picks for the win for the Predictions League were also pretty good.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't know what Godja was doing, but oh, a little, she, a little you, bit too straight, Sophia. not I can
0: strap her on. She was mental all weekend. Well, the, the, all down, weekend. the downhill win, again, <laughs> She's she must nearly crash. Two out of three turns. Like, every it's single...
1: It's amazing what she does.
0: She's Yeah, so she's living on the edge. So, yeah, she didn't help you out today in that No, sort of we got
1: five points, yes. I can't, I can't expect us to deliver every time.
2: I mean, we'll be, it'll be interesting to see how many uh, Dave picks we get for the Weng and Slalom after yeah, no, today's performance. Yeah, exactly.
1: You probably had none this week after Zagreb. I guarantee you that.
2: <laughs> I thought, thought it to be... be
1: no. Now it'll be led by Ben Clark saying, oh, he's going to win. <laughs> <laughs> What's, say, oh, say, ben, say, uh,
0: ben, where's he on WCSL? When's he getting back into the, into the top seven? Oh, I don't know.
1: I'm miles worried about off, that. Off that. Don't, don't don't run before you can walk. <laughs> <laughs>
2: um, oh, but but then, I'm then, out of the
1: top 15, let alone the
0: seven. That's no, true, yeah. That's true. But you are the, in there decent now anyway, so you relax a little bit.
1: Little buffer, relax again, let the results slip. And then when I need to,
0: (laughs) (laughs) then a little bit of pressure just before the world champs. And then there you go, Bosch.
1: Yeah, just on the world champs, just relax. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, I was
2: going to say, you've got obviously another few weeks now. We've got Wenger next week, but then you've got Kitzbühel, Schladming, and Chamonix in short order as well. you feeling. But yeah. like you've got plenty of energy to go. Pantero looked absolutely exhausted. They kept banging on about, the telly I'll about just about, how much
1: he's done. I'll feel about eighty come the end of Chamonix. I'll be walking around like a zombie. Well,
0: at least, at I least, probably we'll,
1: have about fifty more grey hairs.
0: Least, well, the hairs you have got, mate. Come on, chill out.
1: I've still got hair. <laughs> We're not all like glowing locks.
0: How are you looking forward to vegan?
1: Yeah, now I'm pretty up for it. Um, very difficult slope. It's, it's, I see it as the hardest because it's hard to, it's hard to describe Vengan with it if you're not there, because it it looks hard, but then when you get there, I remember I've obviously always watched it on TV. Then when I first went to Vengan, I was like, what the hell is this? Because the first five gates are fine, and you can you can go at them, but then it hooks a left, and it's got these rolls, but it doesn't just have rolls. It's got like mounds in the rolls so there's all sorts of terrain and the steep is really steep so it's difficult Um, I've had some all right results there so yeah I think hopefully the I think they might they might change it just as a heads up they might put the slalom um, on the Friday because the weather's looking bad so as always they stick the slalom in the snow ski blind which I love not but uh (laughs) But yeah, um, obviously, uh, it's just been reassured that got decent form, and again, just try and do some good skiing rather than try and force force things down there. That because that piece does chuck everything at you. I don't think there's a single
0: sort of stretch of of two or three
1: gates that are the same, let alone About the first four or five gates you can go at. And then, I remember the first time I was in the top thirty. Tristan, uh, Tristan came to me and he said, "Right, what's your what's your plan for tomorrow?" And I said. I'm going to try and win the first split, and then I'm going to survive. <laughs> 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 That's what I did. I think I, I was green at the first split and got it to the finish. So it, yeah. is, it is. one of
0: the, it's one of those that is. It's iconic though that slalom, isn't it? Yeah, like, hot right in the middle and
1: yeah, it's uh, it's a classic, isn't that?
0: Yeah. No, I guess your your plan considering you're in Switzerland I know we spoke earlier but your plan is is to just hang out in Switzerland carry on training and yeah. I'll
1: test. have to have I'll have to have a test at some point before banging but at least we don't have cuz crossing borders now is really tough cuz we've got the old super the super before the virus now and and the Brexit and the so yeah we get frowned upon at borders <laughs>
0: come with a british number plate on the car <laughs> yeah, and you
1: yeah you definitely pulled over <laughs> now yeah keep it simple we're staying in Haverfordon and we'll go over the day before, probably. It's just a valley over, so it's about an hour's drive. So- and we, we have to stay down the valley this year. as The Slalom races are staying down the valley and the downhills are staying up the up, up in town there because of the keeping people separate and not too much mingling.
2: Yeah, so... Speed guys, get all this preferential treatment,
1: don't they, Dave? It's ridiculous. Uh, I mean... At about 6.30, <laughs> chugging up.
0: Yes, I mean, you've got to treat the superstars well. I mean you guys are, you guys will be fine, but you know, the superstars are in town. Five star hotels, you know, get the big boys in.
1: Probably get the chopper up at all. <laughs> Might hit the weight limit of the boys down else. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Davy, I know that you're you're gonna you're about to dash as you des- you need a well earned rest. Firstly, where's the cowbell and what are you gonna do with it?
1: No, firstly, am I still leading?
0: You are, you are still you're currently still leading, but we have got um, the slalom points for this this week for the the ladies that obviously we still haven't done yet because because you did so well we moved the pod we moved the pod forward, to, to, so we did that. All
1: right. Don't count my chickens yet.
0: So right now you are still currently leading, but there's always time.
1: Yeah, I've gone rock solid. Well, she didn't have a podium in. She didn't have a podium in. The girls' slalom's tight actually. It's, it's good, good isn't watch. it? Flackout is my favorite girl slam to watch. It's going to be cracking. Under the lights, good piece and the girls send it in Flackout. It's really good. I, th-
0: I wonder whether they'll have issues with keeping the fans away because obviously it's in it's in more of a town, isn't it? It's not it's and and the guys will be able to yeah. walk especially Flackout.
1: Some of the locals will be <laughs> chanting it. They can they might just keep them away in summering and that's in the town. Would, they would have got blown away if they, in the GF, they were watching the GS, but yeah, I was gonna
2: say that was brutal. It is, it is pretty
1: strict. I mean, well, the, here, the no can, here we had to, like, had these barcodes and we had to scan in and out of hospitality. We had to scan getting off the lift, scan getting off the lift, scan getting to the start. It, it's very, um, it's very strict. Not many people can get anywhere near you.
0: Classically Swiss,
1: yeah, classically Swiss.
0: Excellent. So before you go, Dave, we've got a few races coming up. Oh, yeah. Next weekend. The women race two GSs in Gora. was supposed to be a Maribor, but that is still green. So they've moved it over to Gora. Uh, and the men, like you already know, racing at the moment, it's still on as Friday, Saturday, downhill, downhill, and then slalom on Sunday. So have you got, have you got any picks for me before you
1: get um, off? See, I always want to pick an outsider, but every time I do that, I get whooped. But the first... I'm going to pick one not... The first, yes, I'm going to go... I'm going to go with, we go, go with Shiffy, hope she can find her form. Okay. And then I'm going to go Alice Robinson. Okay. So, so which, my... which
0: one of those two is your outside-the-box one?
1: Well, Alice Robinson. She's only had about 20 points this year. She's struggled a little bit.
0: Yeah, I know, but she, last time she was in Cancel she absolutely
1: smashed them. Well, that's what I'm thinking. The first day she's going to find the feet. The second day she's going to go, Yatsey. <laughs>
0: <laughs> outsider. Give me give me a break, Dave. Come on.
1: Yeah. Outsider. Okay.
0: All right. We'll, we'll take those.
1: Men, Slalom. I'll go Pantaro. Pantaro. Okay. I, I, I only
0: say that because he, he wasn't on form today.
1: I, I, you can give him, he must have been knackered. Yeah, he must have been real tired.
0: Yeah, but I was saying to Dave, I was saying to Ben, sorry, that he actually skied less time than anybody else because he was so
1: quick. So, in theory, he should be fresh. Well, he skied a rest. lot more than I did. Well, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Now, I think, yeah, Pantero, I'll go one of them, Bayat points. Race one? Yeah, let's go race one. I'm gonna go Yank. Is Yanka, did Yanker hurt himself in Bormio is he alright? I'm pretty sure he's alright. I mean he did come out, didn't he? he but I think, yeah, he did crash.
0: I think he's I think he's supposed to be in. He seems
1: like he's got a bit of forming down I'm gonna go Yanker. Second there. Swissies. hop Swiss.
0: Oh, by the way, did you see Caveat Cell put his crash up on Instagram? Today,
1: oh no, I've not seen that.
2: Did you see it? Ben have you seen it? Yeah. He, yeah, he looked he looked brutal and he does not stop sliding. Um knocks himself out he, like, yeah. really yeah, heavy hit. Yeah
1: knocks, head trauma.
0: yeah, knocks himself out pretty badly. Well, as badly as knocking himself out is, which is bad. Um and, in there. Yeah. And then pretty and then slides quite a long way whilst unconscious. But um
1: wow. he picture. also put
0: a picture of himself up outside the hospital. His face is pretty um
1: I remember um grazed. I was chatting to Cavitzel about, I'm going to guess, around eight or nine years ago. Gino Maradon? Yeah, he just had a – because he used to do a bit of slant. He he had a massive leg break, and it was like touch and go whether he was even going to come back. So I just have so much respect for barely – there was a chance he wasn't going to be able to walk properly, but he's come back, won the globe, and, yeah, he's he's an absolute machine.
0: Yeah, well I, I think he's done some ligament damage, Ben. I didn't realise he'd
2: done I didn't realise yeah, as well,
1: yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah, they said they're more concerned about the knee injury than the than the head injury now. They said it'll kind of rest up for the head, but they're they're waiting on more scans, I think,
1: for his knee. Um, yeah, he's an absolute. Tough but Dave, are you
2: gonna be mind. rocking around the town with with your cowbell? Because we've already seen the German team posting pictures of Strasser rolling around the town with his cowbell. We want we want the uh we want the uh, GB yeah, of a version, more GB like...
1: Straz is a bit more of a party boy, a bit more like legendary, like that sort of thing. My cowbell, you want to see the cowbell? Yeah, bring it out. That's
0: it. If you oh, can lift it, still, how heavy is it?
1: Must be
0: a good ten kilos. I mean, this this is <coughs> this, this. I mean, this is great for the uh, pod. This is this is gold dust. Yeah, this no is. I,
1: this. I don't care. I want to see it. <laughs> oh, let
0: the single. That's, that's, that's a awesome. Beast, isn't it? Beast, World beast, Cup, Adelboden. Yeah. That is cool. That is really cool.
1: Yeah, I was thinking the other day, I was like, oh, it, it must be really cool to have one of them bells. I had the same <laughs> thought about, I had the, same thought about those, the gamps in I <laughs> well,
2: Find out what they give out in Wengen and think about how yeah. much you
1: want one of those as well. Uh, <laughs> do, you know, do you know what always annoys me? I had that podium in the parallel and I didn't get a trophy for it. I got a woolly jumper. I was like, what am I going to do with a woolly jumper? Where is my... I'm not Hershey. I don't have hundreds of these. Where's my where's my trophy?
2: <laughs> it has been quite interesting the, the, seeing the different resorts and what you get. Obviously, like Levy, you get your, your reindeer or whatever. And I think you get your crown a- and
1: your cape. Uh, I'm literally going to make myself a trophy and <laughs> just put it on there.
0: Yeah, do it. All right, Davey.
1: Nice one. I'll shoot them, boys.
0: Thanks, buddy. Really appreciate Thanks. it.
1: Congratulations, man. Well done.
0: Yeah, well Cheers. done, mate. And good luck.
1: I'll catch you later. Thanks.
0: Bye, mate. So, and now that we've said goodbye to Dave, we say hello to Paul Telling. Paul, thank you for joining us.
3: No worries, Ed. Happy to, uh, always happy to make an appearance. I oh, know you love it. You've, you love yeah. it, you do. I feel like um, when I get the phone call to come on the podcast, it's because all of the other World Cup guests have, have stopped answering their phones to you. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. Who can I call? Well, I'm the backup.
0: The, you're, no, you're the backup to the backup to the backup. <laughs>
3: <laughs> don't, don't get ahead of it.
0: <laughs> you know when you're on, we're scraping the barrel. Although we haven't, we haven't asked Charlie Raposo yet.
3: So no, I was about to say, as long as I'm ahead of Raposo, then that's that's all right. Um, so
0: we've had we had a really good chat with Dave. Obviously catching up on the fact that he is the main and um, picked up a podium, which in like uh, Paul as a director of of a ski academy, yeah. You must see a big change or a big buzz, just big conversation with all the athletes.
3: I say it's unbelievable. I mean there was already a massive um there was already a massive buzz after uh Friday when um when Billy Major and Laurie, I'm sure you've already covered it, but when those two boys were were on the podium first and second and and first and seventh, I think in the Europa Cup, So there's already this uh kind of positive vibe going on amongst the Brits um and then for Dave to kind of compound that with a with a podium in World Cup is just it's just huge um I was coming back today from from a set of races um in Austria and so I had a van loaded the the junior team boys and and the atmosphere in the van they're watching it you know a Neurosport player and uh, it's just electric when when the Brits are doing well, and when you can sense that there's something there, and, and there's a chance, and it, it gives everyone this kind of re- renewed vigor that you know what the Brits can the Brits can do something here, and I think that carries across even you know even the, the ski across athletes, the freestyle athletes, the females It's just good for British skiers in general to see Brits do well. Yeah, yeah, and it does. It, uh,
0: it'll give Dave an obvious boost. It also takes some pressure off your shoulders and it also becomes the, why not me for, for loads of kids, whether they're 20 years old or whether they're 10 years old. You yeah. Know.
3: You saw it the first time around with, with uh, Kitspool when he was second. Um, obviously that famous, famous race a couple of years back now. And and suddenly everyone's saying, well, you know what, if Dave can do it, I, I can do it. And for those guys like, like Billy and Laurie, it just reinforces this isn't a, a flash in the pan you know what they're going to be the next guys they can do it in the Europa Cups they can they can make it on the World Cups they just need a couple of years couple of years of important support from the Federation hopefully and, and they'll be the next guys coming through and it gives the the junior guys that are currently grafting in in fizz races uh, you know around Europe the the belief that well you know what if we crack on this then we can step up to where Billy and Laurie are and from there you know that it's possible we've got Brits at every every level so to speak yeah and I think
0: that's that same message is applicable across everybody you look at at the the boost that the likes of when the Americans had you know Ted Ligeti at the top of his game or Bodie, or well you
3: look at the Croatians last week in Zagreb for four Croatians in the in the second run and then you see the Croatians going mental in the finish and they've got, you know, they've got, after Kostelic, there was a little bit of a kind of dead spot, but they they kept working away, kept supporting guys like Zubcic, guys like uh, Istuk. And now they're starting to see the fruits of that. And you can already see that there's then the next generation of guys coming through underneath them. And you see those with the small nations, Okay, America's not a small nation, but when you consider how many skiers America's got compared to the size of the country, it's it's you know, it's not a major player like the Americans. Um, sorry, like the Austrians. And so it's it's really important for those smaller nations like Great Britain, like Croatia, like Slovenia to to see that it's possible to see other guys within their team being successful and and to
0: push through. It's interesting that you mentioned Austria, because obviously we talked about it over the last couple of seasons on the pod since Marcel retired. And then obviously the start of this season and and obviously last season, how difficult they found it filling the boots. Uh, ben, you're an avid Austrian skiing fan. And to have Marco Schwartz picking up the win, now taking the, the red jersey, you had Feller with the red bib on, obviously fell today. You had Gastrain skiing real, Pertl skiing real, well. Hirschbull also doing well uh you our favorite degruber doing all right um <laughs> <laughs> don't say well <laughs> uh so uh, yeah
2: yes it's 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 pretty cool it's it's big for the Austrians. they needed something obviously g s is still a massive issue yeah. um you know Schwartz did okay in the g s feller did okay in one of the g s s but slalom they look like the Austria of old almost you know but like you said Feller prior to uh this weekend was showing the level of consistency we've not seen before. Um obviously uh I'm very glad I didn't pick him in the end uh, as as we discussed on the last podcast that said he was he Can't was due an old, he was he was due an old uh, manny mess up and, and today there were just too many too many roles in the in the in the course for him to to sit back and ride it out. Um, but the rest of the Austria team, Michael Matt looks like he's finding some some of the form he had a few years ago. I think that second-run charge uh, in Zagreb has really kind of boosted his confidence. Um, and the young guys coming through, like like Pirtle are he, he looks like a fantastic skier, like Edgy's been saying on our uh, uh, group chat when the races are on, that you really like watching him ski. He looks so calm. Um, I can't wait to see some more of, of these guys in the future. The the French
0: guys had a great first run. Not, not so good on the second run, let's say. But Clement Noel... Struggled for consistency, not struggle for speed, but st- consistency over the start of this season. Um, and somebody that is coming on to some really good form, only really in slalom, though, is um jean Day, who, who was second after the first run, then took a, took a tumble. It's interesting. I think they they've sort of been on a real sort of wave of, ta- of of good results, really good, some low ones, some high ones, and sort of haven't really found that medium point. And I never really looked at Noel thinking, you know, sometimes you look at a racer going, you know, Pantero when he's skiing GS, you, you know that there's going to be like no mistakes from that man. You, you, you know that he's rock solid, but Noel just has that. It's just the stability that seems to be missing for me.
3: Yeah. I don't think that's his, um, I don't think that's really his style though, is it? Like, um, you look at someone like Pintero and his speed comes from the lack of unforced errors. You know, he is just so solid. It doesn't matter what discipline he's in. He's just, he's just solid. He knows exactly where his limit is exactly where his intensity is. He can make turn off to turn off to turn without error. It doesn't matter if it's, if it's Valdez and he's on fast or, or if he's in, uh, you know Slovenia and it or Zagreb, and it's soft or if he's on the ice like he's he's got that that level of of technical excellence um that he can just be consistent and you look at uh someone like Noel and his speed doesn't come through being you know error free his speed comes from just letting it all hang out just just going full charge um but there it's is a correct. balance. There
0: is a balance yeah. that comes to that, there
3: isn't there? It? It, yeah, you know, but that, it that a balance, I, I think that balance comes with experience. You look on the, yeah. you look on the 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 field today, and Clement is the youngest guy in there. Of course, he's gonna, you know, have a little bit of uh, inexperience. He's he? He's twenty three years old. I think he's in nineteen ninety seven. So he's not, um, you know, okay. We, we see Schifrin being uh, mature beyond their years, or or Hirscher or Christopherson, you know, these guys sometimes, but it's not it's not actually the norm. You know, guys yeah. take years and years to, to build up that ability to be able to do it on World Cup slopes, on World Cup course sets, on on these kind of hills like like of Bowling. And um,
0: that's a normal I mean, that's a normal way of, of of your pathway. We've seen it years and years over the years, sorry, that you have these these guys that break on relatively young. Hit some amazing results and a good streak of form, and then they go through a patch of inconsistency, and they go through a patch of of making errors that that you don't make when you've been there for a long time. But it just, it, but that's the point, and that's your yeah. point. It takes yeah, time. yeah. They're,
3: they're they're figuring it out, they're, they're learning it, and uh, you know, even before Clement Noel took those, you know, those couple of wins last year, there was a couple of times where he was really fast and you know out on the second run or out on the last couple of gates in the course. What you would deemed to be as a as an armchair fan or a commentator in a commentary box you deem them to be kind of schoolboy or silly mistakes but actually he's so much on the limit in the way that he's skiing they're they're the mistakes that happen and he'll he'll work out on a world cup level how much he has to dial that back and that was what made hirscher so great was that you could see that hirscher was able to ski at you know that those couple of Percent below or half a percent below what was his absolute limit, yeah. unless he needed to absolutely ramp it up. You know, if he if he makes a mistake in a run and he knew right, okay, I've got to put the hammer down. You could see him go up through the gears, but otherwise he could dial it down enough to keep the consistency. Yeah, uh, while still being amazingly quick. That's what made Hirsch so so
0: phenomenal and why he's so so missed. Then that that. Let's move on to GS now. And there's somebody that was incredibly consistent, Pantero what an unstoppable couple of days that he had uh, first race he was first Zubcic second Odumat third he won by over a second on the second day he was first by over a second in front of Zubcic and Luke Meyer was in third pantero never put a foot wrong on probably one of the most challenging gs pieces there are he really really was
2: head and shoulders above the rest yeah, he was out of this world. Um, he's put in performances like that a few times where you've just said nobody is touching him today, and there were just no mistakes. Like I mean, Zubchic both days put down absolute monster second runs and put on about as much pressure as you could, uh, and Pancho just kind of shrugged his shoulders and uh, cru- cruised <laughs> to victory. Almost, It didn't. And, and, and as Paul said earlier, there are there are times where you just his speed does come from lack of errors but as well he's so clean in generating his power yeah. uh, other people you see can do maybe three quarters of what Pantero does but they just can't keep it going and eventually one of those turns ends with being kicked out and a, and a foot going flying in the air and a couple of turns to adjust but he was incredible and um, you could probably see that by the time he got to the slalom he was just like I've got more points than I was uh Hoping for already this weekend. So, uh, you know, whatever happens in the slalom will happen. But I'm interested if anyone can get anywhere near him in GS well, this he, year because he, he Christopherson just doesn't look like the, the force of old in GS. Like something's really not right with his setup.
0: No, he, he I mean, Pantero won both runs on that first day. Zubcic put down an absolute stormer, and you thought, all right, he may make up a little bit. He's unlikely to make up the the what nine tenths, whatever it was that he was behind him on the first run. You thought he might, you know, claw a couple back with an absolute, you know, beast of a run, but it didn't even it, it didn't even get close. And Pancho moved further ahead. The only person over both days that looked like they could actually live close to what Pantro was able to do was Mayar on that second run. He was leading the first run on the second day uh, on that second run up until he made a big mistake on that little flat before the final pitch. He was, he was in touch. I don't think he would have been able to hold it, but he was certainly not 1.65 off. You no, know, that, that result looks worse than it, than it was, I think.
2: Yeah, he hung on for dear life. I mean, some of the, the, the slow-mos and still shots of him recovering from the mistake he made were, were pretty impressive that even stayed in the course, let alone managed to uh, sneak onto the podium in front of uh, his teammate Odamat. Um, but Mayer's one of those guys I've been saying for years is is going to come good at some point. He, he always seems to have that, those one or two mistakes, but the rest of his skiing is so precise and relaxed. It's similar to, as Paul was saying about Noel, he's one of those skiers who's, who looks I've always described him as, as beautiful when he skis he doesn't there are some guys that you can see the aggression pouring out of them and you don't see that with Mayard. he kind of flows down the hill um, so it's good to see him kind of still getting podiums and showing that he belongs at that level and and I mean it's going to take some to beat Pantero at the moment but he's definitely showing that he can push these guys when he needs to.
0: Pantero picked up those two hundred points, obviously, for those two races, and and those are huge when it comes to the overall. But Kilda finally showed some form that we've been looking for him to do, but also been hearing that he's been so fast and finally putting it down in a race. Fourth in the first day, fifth in the second. I think that is you know, one of the best performances in terms of one of the best stories that we have over the three days of racing. Yes. Pantero won both days by a massive margin. And probably that's, you know, the biggest story, but Kilda floating along underneath just behind the scenes, picking up big points in both GSs before going. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's
3: halved his, uh, he's half his potential losses there with with Pinter, hasn't he? Cause pinteros picked up a hundred each day and and he's picked up a, A 50 and a 45. So he's actually only lost 100 points to Pintrow over the two days, as opposed to, well, potentially 200 points. I I think it was certainly a hill that suited him. You see how uh, physically challenging it is, and it always gets talked about by the commentators as to what a a beast Kilda is and how strong he is and things. But it clearly wasn't just about the strength. You know, the, the strength is going to get you so far. Um, and it's certainly gonna gonna help in the legs on that final pitch but I think that it was I think that it was crucial to to say that really the improvement you've seen from him in in where he's finishing in the Gs is how comfortable he looks in the GS you know whereas before obviously he's a speed skier and he's obviously got a technical background Um but he just looked a little bit off with the timing in GS. Whereas now he looks like he knows exactly what the ski's going to do. He looks really comfortable on it. And it's he, just, you know, another
0: discipline. Absolutely muscled his way down. But both, all four of those GS runs, there was a, a lot of times he should have been on his backside, but the strength to get out of some of those positions and just, I don't know, the, the sort of stubbornness to not allow, like a situation to occur and he just fixes it by just brute force was, was
2: awesome. I just love watching him like just fight the mountain. And he enjoys it as well. You can see that in, in the finish. He's always smiling. Even when he's had a bad run, he might show a moment of being angry, but then we'll smile about it afterwards. You could see the joy coming out of him after those both days, both sets of runs that he knew he kind of not not to say outperformed him because he's he's a really good GS skier already. He just hadn't quite put it together this year by his standards. But it was he has done himself a a, a massive favour with a couple of downhills coming up in Wengen next week where you you don't imagine Pantro is going to be strapping on the long boards trying to get any points on him. So you know I think he's got like a Pantro's probably got a hundred and thirty point lead or close to that now um so you would think that would be reduced quite a lot when kilda gets his downhill skis on next week yeah. it certainly
3: makes for a really a, a really interesting season one of the uh one of the guys was saying to me today at the race how how it was almost taken for granted with Pearsha how easy it was to win the overall because by december january each year it's like oh well the issues the overall again, he's got a 600 point lead, 700 point lead. It's basically insurmountable. And now you're looking at it and you're like, well, there's, you know, there's a hundred points between a couple of guys here and another 30, 40 points between, you know, third and fourth. And, you know, all it takes is, is a couple of good performances by one person or a bit of a change within the the speed. The slalom guys have only done a couple of races. They've got like five more races coming up this month. Suddenly you can see some tech guys moving up the standings. Um, I think actually it's showing just how hard it is to win the overall in the in the kind of post Hirscher years. In that it's you know it's, it's up for anyone who feels like they can ski across all the disciplines. Whereas before people weren't skiing across all the disciplines because it wasn't there wasn't the
0: the purpose to do it. You're right because Hirscher won the overall. Was it eight times he won the overall and yeah, eight in a row? Yeah and that was skiing two disciplines. Like yeah. you couldn't dream of winning the overall now skiing only two disciplines. It just doesn't happen. You yeah. have to ski three and where you, and I, and it's the amount of points you can pick up in your third discipline that are going to be the make or breaks, the amount of points that Pintero can pick up in super G and Kilda can pick up in GS and Odamat I don't know. I don't know. Cause he, he, he's the sort of unknown. He's the sort of wild card to this overall Conundrum, I think. I think Christofferson. I mean, what are we? 10th of January. Is, is it too early to, to say that Christofferson's not in the overall challenge? Mathematically, you can't say that he's not got a chance, but I think in reality, he's not. Um, he's already
2: it, 300 points behind Pantero. Um, I mean, it, it will take Pantro skiing out of a couple of tech races that Christofferson wins to close that gap. I mean, yeah, and, yeah. something's not right. I mean, he had a 27th and a 9th. In, in the GSs, which is just so unlike him. It's really not the type of skiing we used to see him from Christopherson. He, he looks like
0: he's... he looks like he doesn't know what it is as well. I think that's the, that's the thing for me that looks, because normally when christofferson doesn't do well, he, he, he's a child, you know, he chucks his toys out of the pram and, and, and has these little, you know, hissy fits for want of a, a nicer way to put it. But he, I feel at the moment he, it's, it's unknown. It looks like he's lost. It looks like he's not that he doesn't know what it is. Whereas before it'd be mistakes or he could fix it or he was he felt hard done by, by a certain situation. But now it just feels like
3: he doesn't know what's wrong. Yeah, I think I think that's that makes complete sense. I mean, I've seen him around on the training hills here in Austria a couple of times in the last in the last few weeks. Um, and even in the training hills, he doesn't look his usual confident self. Um, you know, there's a lot of talking, you know, between runs and there's a lot of kind of trying different things. And, it's, yeah, it's, it's not, I guess it's not the story that we all expected, which was here, yeah. has gone, right, now this young kid's going to step up and he's going to be dominant for the next few years. Um, it's really, it's really strange to see because there's, there's no doubt just how good he is you know he's a world champion he's, he's won crystal globes hes he's won countless world cup races so theres there's no doubt but clearly something's not right and i 'm not sure if that's the equipment because you'd like to think that the resources he's going to have at his hands from Rosie they 're going to find that solution pretty
0: quick um, I wonder whether it's for, from total outsider perspective I wonder whether sometimes you can try and tinker too much and you can have almost too many options to try and fix to try and fix it and because he has got everything at his disposal you, you know he is the big dog he is the guy with the reputation he is the guy that Rosny will be chucking the kitchen sink at and I, I don't know I, it's totally it's totally baseless but it, I, I wonder whether he's just got too much stuff going on in his mind at the moment
3: yeah I yeah think and- maybe, there's, <laughs> maybe there's just yeah like you said sorry Ben to cut you off there I think maybe there's just too many things going on too many too many different options. It's not necessarily that pressure to perform because obviously he's a, he's a fierce competitor who wants to do well himself. But maybe there's the the pressure to find those solutions and to try and search for things that...
0: And to be the next Hirscher. That, I think yeah. that pressure's real.
2: Yeah, definitely. Um, we do probably need to touch on some of the downsides of the GS this weekend because we saw at, at least three very bad... Uh, crashes Then we had um, on the, I think it was Friday, no, Norwegian team had a horrible hit with both Broughton uh, and, and McGrath uh, having big crashes. Uh, and then on Saturday, uh, Tommy Ford from the American team uh, had a really big crash, a couple of gates from home. Um, that's, a, that's, a, that's quite a lot of high profile athletes to lose in a weekend.
0: I've been trying to work out what I think it is, and obviously it'd be interesting to hear what your guys' opinions are on it. I was trying to work out what, you know, what the root cause of it is, and I, and I I still don't know. Uh, the piece was in perfect condition, um, nice and icy, good and solid, which. T- you know, tends to mean the athletes know what's coming. It's the changeable conditions that make it really tricky when athletes don't know what's coming. You know, we we talked about bad weather over the last few races and when you've got changeable snow conditions, when when it changes within the same turn or from turn to turn, obviously it's very difficult for the athletes to try and pick up, but this has been, you know, rock solid, the same conditions throughout the whole of the turn conditions from top to bottom. Um, Yes. We're the races are pushing really, really hard and some of it's unlucky this, hill is particularly difficult with the terrain uh, and the length of it is obviously it's relatively long lots of terrain very icy so is it a tyre thing I don't know I think sometimes you just get unlucky I mean Fizz tried to do something about it in terms of changing equipment and that didn't really have the effect that they wanted I'm not exactly sure what it's going to be because you'd think that this means that it should be okay in terms of like the snow conditions but horrendous injuries at the moment
3: I mean, from my side my side, when I was watching it, exactly like you said, they're, they're massive injuries. And like Ben said, they're, they're huge losses to the tour because there's some really competitive guys who make the sport exciting, make it entertaining. Um, but you couldn't see a, you know, a root cause. They were all on different uh, sections of the course. Yeah. Um, it will take. Um, they're on different days, different course sets. So it's not like it's on the same... Um, you know the same course uh, like you said the, the surface looked, looked mint looked like it held up really well certainly for the guys in the 30 um, where when the, where those injuries took place okay is is there a little bit of fatigue okay Tommy Ford didn't come from from Zagreb but obviously McGrath and uh, right. Bratton were both in both in Zagreb before you know you got to think the guys are racing the night of the 6th and then they're taking a private flight charter flight or driving depending on which way they go from you know the night of the 6th on the morning of the 7th to get to out and then they're racing on the 8th the 9th the yeah. 10th yeah you, you exactly. know there's a lot of, there's a lot of travel yeah. there's a lot you know and it's not like they won't have been training before that the, the norwegians were in right around the days before that but the so, schedule the
0: schedules are difficult, and you you look at that across the boards whether you talk about skiing whether you're talking about football or whether you're talking about rugby or whatever in in English football they talk about it a lot that the the schedules are too tough and it's too much for the athletes and stuff but that's the schedule and you the athletes you know get paid well to do what they do is it exceptional I mean I know Paul what you're saying I get it, and they will be tired of course they will and that is a brutal schedule but is it too much? I don't know if it's too much. I don't think you'd lose, you know, you're still getting the same amount of sleep. You're still getting the option that you don't have to go and do Zagreb. And some, some people decided not to go. And obviously, you know, it, it's really difficult. I, don't, I a lot of the injuries like Broughton's injury was that he just got his skis hooked up. You know, he thought he was over the line before he was over line momentary switch off of, of um, concentration, Round the last gate, didn't quite commit to, to his outside ski and his inside ski hooked up and, and he went down and obviously the ski, one of his skis didn't come off the same with, with uh, Atlee McGrath, just load of pressure on the outside ski after having it biting up the head ski, the binding, one of the bindings didn't come off and he catapulted over the top. Tommy Ford, similar thing, you know, risked the line that that he uh, obviously didn't work out for him, but he, he thought that that was a, worth the risk of chucking it sideways and, and, and trying to sneak inside that. Uh, I've
3: got, I've got no question. Like I said there, that, uh, that the injuries are as a result of racing. It's, I don't think that it's, it's the case that there's some, you know, some equipment issue going on or, or something like that. There's a lot of tired people traveling from Zagreb and between. Yeah. So, I just absolutely. wonder how you fix
0: it. What I mean, and I don't, and I haven't got the answer and I don't know what I would do differently, but I, I don't know how you fix that.
3: Yeah, I mean, like when you talk about when you talk about scheduling, it's just a case that if you give guys an extra day recovery between events or between traveling, then are they going to be that little bit more energetic on their feet, that little bit more nimble to get out of trouble? Probably not. They're probably just going to put it down harder because they'll have more energy in the tank, so they'll go even harder on on the race day. So they're always going to race at 100% capacity. So you're always going to pick up injuries. So it's not necessarily something that's you know avoidable in such an easy manner. Um, I think it's worth noting that there was probably some fatigue going on there, but I don't think that that's the that's the key thing behind the injuries. I think you know guys got injured because they they raced on the absolute limit, especially those two young Norwegian guys. You know they're absolutely full charged the whole time, and that's why you're seeing Atley McGrath coming through and and getting those results in such an exciting manner, and that's why we've seen Bratton doing what well what he, he's been doing. Um, first, what was that first day GS? I think. If I remember correctly, there was there was five Norwegians in the top 12, top 13. So like one in one in three of the top 15 are Norwegians, and that's with that's with McGrath not even finishing. So you know, you've got a Norwegian squad there of like six guys who can, you know, six guys in your top ten potentially, six guys in your top fifteen. That's an incredibly strong squad. It's just a shame that we're gonna have lost two of the most exciting skiers for the for the rest of the season. And I hope that they can come back. In time for the Olympics, wrong.
0: by the way. In time for the Olympics, because, you know, you start picking up injuries now. Yeah. And you start, and you start being, you know, it, it's injuries this season and from now are dangerously close to the Olympics in reality. Because you look at an ACL, MCL, LCL, that's nine months really before you can put skis on, which takes you to, the beginning of next winter, and the Olympics are in February. So, any injuries that happen from now on here on in are really you know do have Olympic repercussions,
3: yeah, exactly. It's um, yeah, I, I don't think it's a good thing for the sport for sure. I mean, it goes without saying, but but to lose those guys, Tommy Ford, you know, he's been really exciting in GS over the last couple of years as well, and that looked like a really nasty, nasty crash. Um, like and- thankfully, thankfully. I say it's just knees, but thankfully it sounds like it's just a knee with with Tommy Ford rather than anything more serious with a head or neck injury. So hopefully they can they can get into surgery, they can get in with the physios, and they can get back onto onto the snow as soon as possible.
0: Ben, what's your take? What do you th- you got a uh, you got the golden ticket?
2: I think it was literally just that's how hard those guys ski. Um, looking at where where they went and, and what happened, you can't really blame the course or the conditions. No one really made it mistake it, it literally just that's how hard they push and when they're making mistakes like we talked about with the likes of Hersher and, and um, you know the absolute greats is how quickly can you recover and especially when the crashes and the finishes people just hanging on they're like if i if i don't throw them sideways and i can get around this next turn and into the the finish it it'll be okay and and if it doesn't work it, it goes wrong like we saw for a couple yeah. of the guys i mean
0: I, I remember when i was racing back back a fair few years ago now more years than i care to remember um i remember sort of i used to call it 50-50ing and that was where in and, and i know speed so you just sort of Sometimes you're like, I, I hope this is going to go right, and I and I've got about fifty-fifty chance of this going right or going wrong. Of like, you know, when you're you're looking to try and get away with something and smashing a gate or cutting a line straight or, you know, doing something potentially stupid, but yeah, because it, because it means so much. And obviously, these guys are looking for, you know, Bratton's trying to pick up big points and look for, you know, maybe not this year necessarily, but he's looking for, a, you know, real good platform to start challenging for for more world cup wins and and globes and stuff so i think if i had it a little 50-50 going on in my head these guys have, have certainly got it way more than i had that <laughs> they're going to be looking for the same sort of thing shall we move on to the ladies events they were racing over in st anton which that piece is a proper, proper downhill track. That is the Kitzbühel for the, for the ladies over there. It has everything. It has steeps. It has dark. It has big jumps. It has big turns, tight turns. Um, all it didn't have was the fans as usual for everybody. But uh, Goggia won the downhill, which was on Saturday, Uh, by a decent margin, nearly a second over Tamara Tipler and Breezy Johnson picking up her third third of her career, uh, which was pretty impressive. When we talk, we've just had a decent shout on injuries and the person that is living life on the absolute limit is Sophia Godgett. I think that (laughs) she must nearly fall over every, every two out of three turns. That lady is couldn't be further on the edge without doing herself some real damage.
3: Well, I mean, she's done herself some damage. eh? She's only just back really this, this season's really the first season where we started to see her getting the results again after, you, you know, uh, an injury. She must've picked that injury up 18 months ago, um, maybe a little bit less, but she's, she's had a fair few injuries in her career as well. Exactly. Like you said there with the, with the nausea boys, just because she wants it so much and she's on the limit. And that's, high risk high reward like she, she absolutely destroyed that downhill. Um, when you look at the you look at the rest of the field kind of from second through to around 10th I think you had um, Tamara tipper was second obviously and she she was about second back 0.96 and then you had breezy Johnson 1.04 Ladesca 1.1 Piravano uh, great performance from her 1.15. Then Stewick 1.16. Suter also 1.16. Katoni 1.34. And Laura Gutt also 1.34. So from second through to eighth, ninth, you've got four tenths, and then you've got Godger a second out ahead of everyone else. Like it's just it was absolutely dominant. She skied a line that no one else skied. She took risks, no one else took.
2: And yeah, she she's managed to put it in the finish, and that's how you win races. Like you said, Ed, talking about fifty-fifties, I feel like every town's a fifty-fifty for for God, yeah. Um You said on her, again on her on her WhatsApp group, like I don't think I should pick Godia anymore. It's too stressful watching her ski um, <laughs> when you when you want her to win. She just she skis a different race to to everyone else. She is completely on the edge. Like Breezy Johnson, Nadeka, uh, Suter, uh, Guperami. These are all uh, women that enjoy going fast and don't hold back either. Um, and God, you just blew them out of the water. She could have been down about three or four times, but she showed that there is, when she's on it, she has so much speed. It's just a case of, can she hang on without making that mistake? Um, I was really happy to see Stu Hetch really coming back to, yeah. back to form, um, pick, uh, the last couple of races. Now she's really good. As, as, as Paul said, she was, she was joint six with, with Suter. And yeah, it, I mean, it makes a a, a a change to see an Austrian on, on the podium after the um, uh, crash that Schmidhofer had the other week. Um, good, good to see um, Tamar Tipler putting in a really strong performance. But both days were really, really fast. Like the, the top speed in the super G wasn't far off uh, the, the downhill.
0: I think that's the hill. It's it is a brilliant racetrack, track, and it I think it's really really challenging we talked about how the ladies were challenged when they skied the men's track in Val down the okay when we saw Schmidhoffer picking up that nasty injury uh, and thankfully she's starting a, a long road to recovery without any real lasting you know really severe lasting damage obviously she's picked up knee injuries and and all this sort of stuff but but hopefully it's something that she can she'll she'll come back from and, and be okay from and and I think this an Anton track is, you know, straight out of the same playbook. It's a, it's a really, really tough track, and the Super G, I think, was probably even more challenging than the downhill. Obviously, you don't have the speeds of downhill in Super G, although you are going very quickly, like you just said, Ben. But the course set was really tricky. Uh, Barami skied incredibly well, apart from about three turns, but still managed to pick up the win uh, and. 0.16 ahead of Marta Bassino, who picks up her first speed podium with somebody looking to try and gain some points on Vlahova for the overall. Uh, and final place on the podium went to Karin Suter, who was just 0.2 back. So uh, the racing in the Super G was was bang on point and really, really tight. But Goot, she's sort of out of the same decision-making that you see from from. Gojia, yeah. like Goot will still take risks and I think she's one of those that skis with her heart on her sleeve and, and, and sort of takes the risks and, and really does try to sort of cut the line and and maybe ski something that other people are maybe a bit more cautious to ski and that really paid off her today. It nearly bit her in the backside down the bottom but in reality who cares, winning's winning.
3: Yeah and I think it's exactly like you say there, today it didn't pay off for Gojia, she was obviously out um, it was a super technical course, that's for sure, and combined with the high speed, like Ben said, very similar speed to the downhill, very technical course in there. Um, I think you had almost as many women out of the race with the DNFs and the disqualifiers as you did in the in the finish. I think there was only about thirty, thirty, thirty-two, thirty-four girls in the finish in the end, um, and probably around twenty DNFs. So that gives you an idea as to just how tough of a of a speed race Ben was. Sorry, go on,
0: Ed. Ben. Do you put that down to what do you put that down to the course, the set, like the course set, or do you put it down to conditions? We were talking about it briefly before we came on air. What what do you think it was? Uh, that was my
2: question for the speed expert on the podcast. Right. There's okay. someone who uh who who whose uh go. career uh picked up I think I think I found one Super G medal in uh my childhood's worth of racing and that was it. Um so yeah, I was gonna leave that to you. It looked it looked interesting to me. It was there seemed to be like three spots on the course where if you went into it carrying speed, you had trouble coming out of it. And there there seemed to be where those DNFs happened happened in three spots on the course. And I don't know if it was something where people had watched Goop Barami go early at at Bib 5 and and put in those massive mistakes at the end and thought they needed to adjust more than they did. Um, It was really strange. I found it quite tough to watch because from where the camera positions were, you only ever got to see one or two gates at a time, which has made it quite hard to get a feel for the, the course as a whole. And normally you've got a, like a panned out view so you can see five or six gates. So you can see whether someone's online or not. Um, but when they were cutting between from one camera to the next so quickly, they just someone would come into view and then ski out on the next gate. So it's a bit hard to track where the, where the issues were happening.
0: For me, uh, and
2: I'm gonna tr- I have
0: to tread relatively carefully, I think it's down to an interpretation from coaches was what my personal opinion to it. So there were a few spots on that track, which were key gates that if you mess this up, you know, you're going to you won't make the next gate or you're going to really struggle for speed. You know, and I think and so when a coach says that to you, you you take it one or two ways you either go okay now's the time to switch on and make sure that I nail the right position so that I am in the right place and make the right move whether it's forward or over the outside ski or, or the aligned decision and you either you either see the coach's report as a positive and a proactive decision to make a move through a certain section or you go okay I can't make a mistake here and I just need to make sure that I come out of this section in x y or z position so that I don't Mess up the next few gates. And I think for me, what I saw from too many ladies today was the latter was coming into a section going, This is a really difficult section. So I just need to make it through this and then I'll get back to racing. And I think that's where we saw so many DNFs because it wasn't a case of, Okay bit more you need a bit more space around this gate so because it's really tricky make sure you get over your outside ski give yourself a bit of space before you get to the the break over or the gate and then you can carry your speed after it and the next section is no problem
3: yeah i think i think maybe maybe there's that but i think it also looked even as the race wore on it looked like girls were misjudging quite how quick it was running and the tempo of how how quick that course set was going to come um obviously there's like you said the, the terrain in itself is is really challenging there um and i'm sure that that's been advantageous there for you know lara Good, She's she skied there she's had a lot of success there as a youngster um but it seemed like people were were almost getting caught a little bit a little bit behind themselves you know like not not quite managing to to get ahead of the turn to, to really know where they were going, but almost being reactive rather than proactive yeah. with, and, with movements they were making.
0: And I think that's, that's what I mean. It's like they, they see something. And for me, they make the wrong decision about how to tackle a tricky area. So you, they would have seen whether it's from the TV screens at the start for the the anybody after racer three that you can, so you can still see, you know, the fast guys, the fast ladies and watch them and and make a decision off what you see on the TV, but also the coaches reports for me. Yeah. It probably did run quicker than it did looked in inspection. So plans do change slightly, but I, I think it's, I do put it down to an interpretation of the information that you're receiving, but yeah, I think it was certainly fast, and it was probably faster than maybe the course setter realised. I don't think it was a bad course. I think it was a, I think it was a really good course, really, really challenging, and that's what you want from the world's best, is to try and come out there and, uh, and challenge. And I think it did. I don't think we got any. I don't think any of the, the DNFs were real injuries today. I think. My, Francesca Marsaglia was that was somebody that looked like she picked up a bit of an injury she crashed she shinned like the second to last gate I think just having a slight line error and then crashed into the finish and she sort of hobbled away with um with an ice pack to the shin so hopefully that's something that uh there's no lasting damage other than a really nasty bruise
3: no it didn't seem like any any well no no major injuries um considering, like I said, the size of the DNF, DSQ list, um, just seemed like a lot of frustrated, frustrated ladies missing a gate and then realizing, oh, there goes, uh, there goes today's race. Um, but I thought it was good. It was good entertainment again. And when you got, again, that many, that many girls that close, it's always, it's always interesting. There was a lot of people, you know, picking up time in different sections, different splits. So it kept it, kept it interesting from a viewing perspective and, Laura Good to win. That's another five points for me on the uh, podcast prediction.
0: So well, that's that takes the us, most important thing. Well, that takes us to a, a nice point, Ben, um, doesn't it? For the uh, podcast, the predictions league. We obviously haven't calculated the full week's worth of um, points yet because the women haven't had uh, the chance to race the slalom. So we can't fully say what's going on with the points yet. But yeah, you did do quite well out of today. I think so in the last couple of days I've done. I had
2: had points in every race, which is the first time that's happened. I think I've managed to double my seasons total in three days, (laughs) which shows just how bad the rest of my season's been so far.
0: Mine started off. All right. I think I picked up points in the, in the uh, both GSs and the downhill of the women's and then yeah, not gone quite so well over the last couple of days. If you are new to the pod, welcome and Make sure you give us a like, subscribe, and tell your friends about the fabulous conversations that we're having on here. And I mean, that's how we get the likes of Paul telling on the like you know, by great chat like this. Um and to continue our great chat vein, Paul. As you know, as an avid listener of the pod, I know you you wait up till late to make sure that it you know you subscribe, it comes straight into your box. You
3: well, know. in all in all seriousness, I'll tell take- you a little seriousness. Um, to start with, the first season of the pop, when I came in it a couple of times, I was obviously trying to convince people to listen to it to boost my own ego, Charlie Raposo style. <laughs> um, but now, now when we're on road trips across um, across Austria, you know, we're going to Fizz races. The guys actively ask, oh, "Is there a new one? Is uh you know, when's the next one out? Can we can we put it on in the van while we?" Uh, while we travel which is much better than listening to this horrible grime or trap music kids listen to (laughs) these days um so yeah we've we've been actually listening to them pretty regularly on the road um as we're as we're driving around Europe heading to races so
0: that's quite nice Paul that's that's nice I mean you don't often say nice things but that was pretty nice I'll I'll take it Uh, (laughs) before before you start slagging it off or me off or Ben off okay um, we're going we're going to crack on with the getting to know you feature as it's your first time this season and we've we've got this new feature. So Oh brilliant. We're going to ask you Have some you questions. A jingle. No. Does any anybody that knows how to make jingles please get in touch and make us a jingle for our fabulous feature. Paul can you can you, are you good a jingles? I mean I know you can't. Hum a much? I can't sing. Yeah. One of your kids will maybe maybe be able to make us a not your actual kids because you haven't got any actual kids, one of your <laughs>
3: One of the kids at the academy. Yeah, was here, yeah, yeah. one
0: yeah, thank, Thanks for putting together. Yeah, thanks for the. Same. Some my holes, holes, dig some holes, dig <laughs> some Yeah. <laughs> right, Get stop. to the
3: point, Ed. I'm
2: <laughs> stopping <digging>. Uh
3: Paul. <laughs> yes. Favorite place to ski. Favorite place to favorite place to free ski. I'd say it's probably Steamboat in America. That's where I went when I was a little kid, and I just remember it was amazing because there was powder everywhere. Peace were in mint condition there are some amazing curly fries in the restaurant served by some guy in like a cowboy stetson as as you get in america so from a from a going in skiing and remembering skiing as a kid i'd say steamboat in america um from a professional perspective i've got to say right around this is the home training hill you're surrounded by world cup guys every day the piece condition is a one perfect and um Effectively, they're the guys who helped me pay my bills. So, right around in Austria or Steamboat in the US. R- right around has become,
0: like, the place to be. I remember when, again, harking back to my old days, it was what <laughs> it, right towards the end oh. of my training was when right around started to really become this mecca of of race of, of race training. And I actually picked up my best Europa Cup result ever there. Third uh,
3: place in the Super G, were you not,
0: Ed? Oh, th- oh, oh, thank you very much, Paul. Yeah, it was, actually, as it goes. Um, but yes, yeah, so I I've fond memories of that place. And I was saying to I was saying to was it to you, Paul? Or maybe it was to Dave, talking about how you you guys spend so much time up in Rajram. I was very jealous that you'd have had all that amazing food at the restaurant up there because it's got some of the best food on the mountain. The uh, in, in, yeah, the fitness salad, house toast, yeah. just yeah. reel off. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, and then I I got reminded that it's all shut, so no, no. Okay, next question. If you could ski with anyone for a day, who would it be?
3: Um, present company. You know, no, don't,
0: don't go with us. You got you got the whole the whole planet. Don't don't work, okay. don't work with the dregs that you're working with now.
2: Speak for yourself. Ed. Um,
3: I, I'm assuming. I mean, it, it would be cool to spend it with uh, with some, you know,
2: some,
0: pretend pretend that everybody can bled.
3: ski. Yeah, everybody uh, okay. can ski. So, I'm so not. Supermodels included. Uh, if, if I was picking the skiers, obviously, I'm, you know, you, you want to ski with Hirscher, you want to ski with guys like Glenn Plake, Shane McConkey, those kind of guys. Like, it, you just imagine how much of a blast you'd have tearing around the place. Um, yeah, guys. Like, I remember watching not just Glenn Plake videos growing up, but then Shane McConkey and Matchstick videos growing up. And yeah, being able to go and ski with those guys would be would be absolutely amazing so i guess i guess it would be someone like that um if it's if it's someone non uh if it's someone non-skiing orientated then it's going to be Stephen gerrard i'd imagine um that's my that's my real hero there (laughs) okay um
0: where's your favorite place to appre?
3: my favorite place to apre um i've never done apre obviously um (laughs) but in the years the in the years i was running um when i was running the university snow sports stuff we spent a few years in desalp and there's a place called avalanche in desalp which was which was always pretty good i think ben was probably out there on a few university trips when when i was running them and um that always served up a yeah a fair few decent nights that probably shouldn't be spoken about on 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 public
0: yeah, forums yeah Thank, thankfully most of those nights were before everybody had a, a camera phone in their hands so. oh
3: absolutely <laughs> like if people had camera phones of recording stuff then there'd be a lot of people in a lot of trouble but um either either avalanche in Dazalp or maybe somewhere like um Epson castle in uh in a few good nights there when the english champs were there and ed drake was probably 13 years old out past his bedtime yeah, it certainly was. Certainly was. <laughs> Having a
0: great time as a 13-year-old running around some of these resorts. Um uh, who is the best ski racer of all time? Marcel Hirscher. Stretch to the point. <laughs> uh, most memorable What's your most memorable of ski racing history?
3: What's my most memorable ski racing history? I was obviously we're based near to Schladming. I was, I was. I've been at Schlamming for, for several of the night slaloms. Um, when the Austrians do well, it's always... I mean, when the Austrians don't do well, it's insane there with, with the noise and the, the smoke and the red flares and everything. When they do well, it's it's another level. Um, but I was there around uh, around the, the year that Hirscher had a goggle issue on the first run yeah. and then uh, came back from 15th or whatever place he was in to, to smash it. And the atmosphere there was absolutely, absolutely wild. Um, and also uh, we've been privileged to have Dave riding um, based with us at the, at the training base for for the last few years. Um, and the day that he, he got that second place podium in typical Dave fashion, he, he turned back up at the training base a few hours after getting second place in Kittsville um, because he wanted to have an early night so while I'd imagine the rest of Kitzbull podium winners were, were going large in Kitspool, yeah. Dave, uh Dave came back to make sure he was in bed by 9pm so so spending the uh, the evening with Dave after he'd taken that that historic podium and, and talking skiing with him and just being so pumped for British skiing that was a pretty memorable yeah, memorable that, night as
0: well I, d- I did a fair bit of partying that night in Kitzbull after Dave you did a
2: partying <laughs> for Dave
0: yeah <laughs> I was there with uh, Jan Kachowski, Andy Noble, Nick Palmer, and your brother Mark, telling, and we, yeah, we did, we did a fair bit of partying on his behalf.
3: You, you parted for Dave, and Dave came back to came back to base with his serviceman Ali, and they they brought the trophy and they put it on the table, and we played a game of pool and <laughs> talked about how talked about how good it was, and uh, and then he said, yeah, nine o'clock, I've got to be got to be in bed. I'm going to be training tomorrow. i got Schladman in a few days. Um, and that was a pretty amazing experience to watch it, to, to you know, even to share it from a distance and, and to be around and, and to realise, yeah, you know what? The Brits can do this. We've been working for the last 10, 15 years for a reason towards something. So that's a pretty amazing, amazing thing.
0: All right, finish this sentence. When I'm not skiing, you'll find me.
3: Uh, churning through thousands of emails, trying to work out exactly what the next step is to make my way through this coronavirus minefield of a year.
0: Getting COVID tests. <laughs> um, worst moment on skis?
3: Sure. Worst moment on skis. I, I don't know if I've had a worse moment on skis myself. Like, there's so I've got many. Notes. do you want want some you can have one of mine (laughs) you guys have got loads maybe I'm too optimistic about everything or too grateful there's I I don't know generally that might be the funniest thing you've ever said
0: you being too optimistic
3: (laughs) no I mean like like generally when I'm out here and I'm doing my job and I'm coaching and I'm working with the guys I'm I genuinely enjoy it so when I'm on skis I'm I'm pretty much always having a, a good time even if the guys don't perform for sure in that moment it's it's not great but yeah, generally, generally I love it. Obviously, any time anyone gets injured, isn't great. Any injuries I've had myself, they're not great. Um, but if you're out skiing, I think it's uh, you know it's better than being in any other job, isn't it? You two will know that for sure. Okay, last
0: question. Last okay, you, you got a road trip to the Alps. Yeah, you got three spare seats. Uh, ben and I are already there. Um, who's coming with you?
3: Oh. He's coming with me, alive, alive or dead, yeah. Whoever you want, you're, right, you're the boss. So we'll have we'll have a, a good DJ, so we'll have someone like Avicii, I guess. Nice. Can can be on the tunes, um, and then we'll have someone who I'm not driving. I'll do enough driving. So someone like Lewis Hamilton, like he's a pretty inspirational guy, and quite good at driving. You can, yeah, some good chat and some good driving. You get there in half the time. Um, <laughs> And then, who else? Ah, oh, you gotta take. You gotta take your significant other. So I take my my girlfriend Leslie. She's hey, Leslie, pretty good, pretty good. banter. Pretty good chat. Um, yeah, there we are.
0: Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, Le- Leslie has got pretty good chat. Don't tell her I said it. <laughs> <laughs> nice one, thanks, Paul. That's all right. Um, that's not too bad. D- did all right. You came through okay, unscathed.
1: Yeah, you actually sounded yeah, yeah, quite yeah.
0: positive. You make yourself sound like you're like some sort of blue sky thinker.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
0: Rose tinted specks over there. Anyway, right, let's get on to what's happening this coming weekend. So we have obviously still got, depending when you're listening to this, we have still got the night slalom from Flackout coming up, which we're really looking forward to, but with the results that happened this weekend with Dave picking up a podium, we brought the pod forward to make sure that we could, could uh, revel in some of that glory from afar. So we thought we'd bring it through. So we're going to look forward to the racing that's happening this weekend. If anything mega happens um, at Flacow, we will bring you a bonus pod. Otherwise we'll, we'll take a look, quick look at that Um on the next episode. Otherwise, this coming weekend, the men are racing double downhill and slalom in Vengen. So you've got on Friday, the 15th downhill, Saturday downhill, and Sunday uh, slalom. But at the moment, the weather looks a bit iffy. So they may switch that schedule around. But anyway, you've got two downhills and a slalom. And on the women's side, the event has been moved from Maribor to Krantzagora due to snow conditions uh, or lack of snow in Maribor. And that is Saturday and Sunday, and it's a double G S. Paul, you've got a bit of vested interest in the ladies giant slalom. How is Miss Alex Tilly getting on?
3: Um, she's going, she's going pretty well. Um, she's been up on the hill the last couple of days, um, since I came back from from Zagreb and she's looking fast. I mean, to be honest with you, I've said this before when we've had some phone calls for the for the pod. Um she always looks fast. She always looks fast in in training. She's kind of like Godjo, where you talk about it. there. She's someone that, that wants to ski fast all the time. She's a natural racer. Um, she she loves skiing fast, loves competing, um, and she's a you know she's a hard worker. So when you see her day in and day out in training, you you realize just well just how good she is. You know she's not yeah. top thirty in the world for for no reason. Um, the issue just you know which has been relatively well documented has been these last these last couple of races has been the ability to put it in the finish um there's some fast fast turns in Korshval and then yeah a couple of DNFs and then um Zargrave obviously was Slalom was a DNF as well so the the focus through this period has just been on building building the consistency Kranskogor has got two um Got two GSs there, so there's there's two opportunities, and hopefully that's two opportunities for some for some solid results and some solid point scores for her. Yeah, she's uh I think it's better suited in my opinion going to Kranscagora than the Maribor. I think it's a tougher hill, and again, that that's gonna suit her. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm feeling positive going into going into that, that we'll see good things from Alex. Yeah, I think from, from, from an outsider's
0: perspective i think alex's talent and and speed is undeniable, but you're right it's that consistent it's the whole it, you know it is the holy grail of consistency over two runs consistency over one run um to make sure you're putting it down and, and 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 i and i and I think the pressure is is so great on these athletes' shoulders, whether it's to to get a second run or to get a top fifteen to get a top ten to get a podium, whatever your goal is the pressure is. It is a big factor, and it's about how you obviously deal with that and make sure that you you use that in a productive way, Um, and make sure that that you're able to still bring your best skiing, and you don't because there's no point finishing obviously if you're skiing within yourself, and that's when the margins are as tight as they are, that that's just impossible to, to to achieve what you want to achieve if you if you're going suboptimal. So um it's very very difficult
3: well you've seen in the last you've seen in the last couple of years she's had a few results that have been you know just outside the 30 31st 32nd 33rd by a few hundredths a tenth of a second here or there and those are the days where okay maybe there's runs where there's been um, an error where there's time been lost um, an unforced error and also there's runs where you know maybe it's just been a little bit cautious a little bit conservative and so you you really have to You really have to charge it. Yeah. The key is taking those runs from training over into the race and being able to charge it and keep those errors to a minimum. Um, You know, we're not we're not talking about Schifrin or Volhova here to to charge and ski a whole run perfectly, but we're saying from from Alex, if we see her charging and keeping those errors to a minimum, we know that she's capable of being in that in that top thirty, top twenty, and we know that when she's on a clean track. Um, like we've seen before, she's capable of putting runs in. That, do, that does challenge the best yeah. in the world. So uh, I've got faith in her. Noel, you know, who's a, her primary coach, has got has got faith in her. Um, the Brits are doing well, so there's a positive feeling around the place. Um, yeah, it's 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 a good position to to be in. So we'll wait and see what happens this weekend. But for sure, as always with the with the women's, it's going to be challenging. Um, I'm sure Schifrin's going to be looking for for blood after being fourth in uh in the last races, um, for is obviously on an absolute storm. Who knows what's going to have happened in uh, in Flakau by the time the women get down there. So it's going to be an exciting weekend. I'm sure in Slovenia, like it always is. Let's talk predictions,
0: shall we? Let's have a look at Paul as you're, as you're here. Do you want to give us your predictions for the weekend?
3: For the for the men's or just for the for the women's? Just for the ladies for now. Um, I know I know you don't really like it on on the podcast, um, but I've got to think about my overall score in the table, <laughs> and I can't I can't really see that far past all over. Like she she's just she just looks so solid and so confident in everything. Um, and I'm sure that there's girls out there, you know, that can, they can beat her. Um, but. You're looking at the, you're playing
0: it, you know, you're, you're looking at points accumulation, aren't you?
3: Yeah, that's basically, I want those, uh, powder hound goodies. Um, and so, yeah, playing it, it's playing it a little bit safe, but I think that that's the I think that
0: that's the way to go. Are you going double Vlahova then?
3: Well, I was going to go double out this weekend. And, uh, and I, I thought, no, you know what? I, you know, i don't do that. And uh I took a gamble and did stitched myself, stitched myself right up. So I think that the smart option is uh yeah, I think the smart option is to go double double over I'll um I'll have a little listen and see what you guys come up with, and maybe I'll maybe I'll change my mind because Bacino's the other out. No, don't don't go give us don't go giving us, you know, <laughs>
2: you
3: hung your hat.
2: You hung it. It's up there. Your hat's okay, okay, all right, this then. Well, I'll is, this I'll is the, the bit where old. Ed picks an entire country's worth of athletes yeah, exactly. in the next section. I know, I
3: know what you're like,
0: Ed.
2: I'm very <laughs> I'll, good I'll at go that. Double,
3: I'll go double wall then.
2: All right. Okay, Ben?
3: Or Besino.
2: <laughs> <that's my life. laughs> <laughs> just, just, to, just to get in front of Paul and on, on this one, then I'm going to go Schifrin, uh, GS1, Besino GS2. Okay. Oh.
0: Uh, I'm going to go Besino race one, and <laughs> do you do you want to hear my conundrum or do you just want my pick? <laughs> on, it's
3: a podcast. This is um, what people tune in to listen to. They
0: don't listen. They don't. I don't think they tune in to listen to me. Umming, so, trying to work out who <laughs> I'm going to choose. <laughs> uh, but I'm slightly torn because I would love to see Alice Robinson produce the same form that she did here 12 months ago when she absolutely bossed it down Kranz um, but I don't think her form is coming in is going to allow her to produce the same scheme that she did last year. Um, so I think I'm going to go Brunoni. I think I'm going to th- I'm going to I'm going to go her for a race too. I'd love to see Alice Robinson go to to pick up a to pick up a win, but I'm not sure that she's that she's going to do it yet. Although I, I just-
3: think that's I think that's smart. Ed. Like I was, I know, I know I've just gone double over and played the safe card, but I was thinking that. Rinoni's probably gonna be, you know, thinking now's the time she's got to start taking some risks if she wants to be staying within touch of that, of that globe. And Robinson is, you know, she's such a, a wild card, such a, a raw talent that you never you never know when she could explode and and do something. So I think they're both they're both strong picks there.
0: Before we move over to the men's, I just I was I've had a couple of messages in through people when they put their picks in or just contacting the podcast. If you do want to get in touch, it's uh, the ski racing podcast at gmail.com, or you can find us on social media. So just drop us a, a message. Lots of people have been saying it's quite interesting when we've do- we started the predictions because you end up cheering for people or hoping for a good result from people that you may not normally cheer for or not normally hope that does well. So I don't know about you guys. I find myself like on the edge of my seat with my picks. I had like clammy palms watching the Mess it up today, just so frustrating. It doesn't go right.
2: Look, I'd already said earlier on after David got his spot on the podium and and uh, 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 and Schwartz had taken the lead, I was like, I'm quite happy for everyone else in the race to just fall over now, so I get my five points and Dave gets his podium. That's that's job done.
0: <laughs> yeah, it does. It does throw a slightly different uh, angle of watching onto it, which I'm quite enjoying. Um, let's talk about. Vengen because we are entering one of the best double weekends coming up with Vengen Kitzbühel the most iconic racing that there is over the next, um, next couple of weeks, next fortnight. So double downhill, so downhill, downhill slalom as it stands. And obviously that might, like we said, that might change, but, uh, what are your thoughts, Benjamin on Vengen?
2: Oh, I was going to ask you a question on this head. Um, how exhausted are the downhill guys going to be come the 16th if they've done two, possibly three training runs down thing and, and then two race runs as well? I don't, I mean, Vengen's one of the most exhausted downhills there is. So then just doubling up just seems like a bad idea. So we talked about people <laughs> having fatigue or whatever after going from Zagreb to, to Adelboden for a GS. Yeah, I don't even want to know what five versions of Vengen would do to your legs yeah. back brain and god knows what
0: else three kilometer plus of of racing down Vengen is not you know each race is is not going to be terribly kind on the body um, i you've raced vengen a few times and by about the time you get to the tunnel i'm exhausted and that's about halfway down so um
2: that's the easy bit out of the way and, you yeah, the and then you've got that, that long really
0: long flat sort of tucking section and then you go down that icy i can't even remember the name how bad's that um the, the really fast icy part where uh johan Clare went over 100 miles an hour um before you come into the, the sort of zls down the bottom there um yeah it is going to be brutal so you've got a couple of runs, and that maybe actually that's going to play into the hands of the more experienced racers that aren't having to sort of do recce runs aren't trying to find their feet you know the the parises the the foits uh, is the Kilders, these guys that are skied down there more times than than anybody else means that the training runs, they can really, what those guys tend to do anyway in training with, when they've got loads of experience is race the hard sections and cruise on the easy section. So they'll work really hard. They won't push out the start gate. They'll work really hard on those, the couple of big turns that you've got at the top with a big jump that you don't tend to see unless you're watching the, the helicopter run at the top normally. Uh, and then they'll cruise. They'll basically cruise that whole top section until you get, to the hunch-off where they'll switch on, race that really hard, ski Canadian Corner really hard, ski the the Kernan S, which is that really tight S-Bend, and then down into the tunnel. And then they'll sort of cruise that from there down to the bottom of that fast bit, which again, really embarrassingly, I can't remember the name of. And then basically once you've gone down the backside of that really fast straight, that's when they'll switch on because it's really tight into the finish. Um, with the world's smallest finish area in World Cup as well to make it just double, doubly <laughs> exciting um, that was where Bodhi decided he planned to fall over in the finish area because he knew that he was going to be exhausted by the time he got to the finish so yeah it's going to be it's going to be mental uh Ben you can pick first and then uh and then Paul can go
2: what are, you, what are your thoughts Ben Normally, I'd just say Foytz would be nailed on, but he's just not quite shown the form this year that we're used to seeing from him. He's probably had more missed podiums this season than he's had in the last three years combined. So um, I'm not quite as confident um, with him. But Matthias Meyer, I've picked a bunch of times and he's been kind of there or thereabouts. He's had some podiums and some near misses. So i was probably gonna pick Matthias Meyer for one of the downhills uh, and just to keep the Swiss happy if any of them listen. Um he'd go with for Korean Bull um ooh, on, ooh. on the second one. He's he's had a pretty good season. He's he's up there in the points. Um and if Foitz isn't gonna do the business for the Swiss, that's who I feel is gonna, gonna bring it home.
0: Okay, nice. Uh Paul. Yes, Edward. Picks for the downhill.
3: Well I'm also gonna keep it Swiss like Ben. And I was gonna go um I was going to go for Kavietso for the first one. Um, uh, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't go for him.
0: He knocked. Him, he knocked himself out a couple of days ago and did his did knee. Not He's not he, starting. He won't be starting.
2: Oh, well,
0: I mean, you can pick right. him if you want. I mean, if you really want, you can have him.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you can pick Gino, but I don't think that would go very well in Down. No, 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 that's <laughs> not going to go down well, is it? Okay.
3: Well, in which case, then I will revert to. I'll revert to form and I will go for it for the first one and Kilda for the second one.
0: Okay. Um, I am going to go Kreek my race one and then... Oh. Do you guys think um, Ryan Cochrane Siegel is going to be able to do something in this downhill?
2: He'll be giving it land. <laughs> Just right, looking
0: for a little support. That's all. Just want a bit of help.
3: I, I, no, I'd be, I'd be pumped to see him do something, but I don't, I don't think so. I think it's one that needs more of the, more of the experienced experience skiers yeah. on there. And, and he's, you know, he's, he's done a lot of skiing so far. I think some of those, someone like Foitz going to be a little bit more rested, a little bit more experienced. That's the rationale behind my bet. Anyway, you, but you're
0: basically know? saying I should pick Bauman.
3: Oh, that's not a bad it?
2: I can't do it. I can't do it to myself. Not, I can't do that. You make Marcel <laughs> mad. Marcel will be really mad at you if you pick that. Uh, I can't do that. Uh, German uh, slash Austrian traitor. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do believe you're right, Paul. And I think it's going to be somebody
0: with loads of experience. Jansrud, he's too of a, uh, a sort of hit and miss at the moment. I think he's too of an anomaly right now. Um, so I'm going to. A bit boring, but I think I'm going to go with Maya for the other one. So I'm going to go double Austrian win in Switzerland.
3: Oh, aggressive!
0: voice I just don't know what voice is going to do. Like years We're
3: gone going to by. Win,
0: if, if years gone by, if you pick anything other than voice you're mental. But right now, I think. You've probably got a chance to do it, do Foyt's over with his form. But then it wouldn't surprise me if he, if Foyt's does what Paris did in Bormio and gone, I've been nowhere near, I can't find my feet. I go to Bormio and I flipping nearly win. Or pilot kicks yeah, in. Yeah, I can kind of see Foyt's sort of having the iffy starts of the season that he's had and then getting to Vengen and going, and just straight. That's up. what
3: I mean. I think, I think that someone like Wengen, so many sections to it and knowing how to ski each section, I think that's. I think that's so important. Um, that's that's yeah. I'm I'm backing him not on form. I'm backing him on experience.
0: Yeah, I think that's probably a, a decent shout. And if anybody's going to find, if anybody's going to sort of tap into form when uh, tap, tap into t- to, into the skiing when the form's not quite been there, it's going to be somebody like Foyce with all that experience. It's going to be a a mega one, gentlemen. Anything to add before we depart? Should probably pick the slalom that Dave's going to win. Oh yeah, there's little tic tac. Forgot about that. See,
2: that's a <laughs> bit of vengeance. Do you oh, know I anything about bit. skiing?
0: Slalom, <laughs> not really. It's left and right, red and blue, isn't it boring? Um, okay, yeah. Well, let's try and do that one then, shall we? Benjamin, what
2: are you going okay, Schwartz uh, again? He got me five points. He's yeah. going to get me another five straight in. Did you go for Schwartz for today? You bloody did. Yeah. Did you? Yep. Did you? That's it. That's one of the things that about
3: the prediction thing is that you don't know what other people have have gone with until yeah. afterwards until you see the updated thing it would be i, I know obviously you're, you're a busy guy i know you personally and i know how much time you have to invest in either walking your dog or sitting around doing your hair but <laughs> if, if you manage to find some free you time, not, this, you are not coming back <laughs> find some free time in your schedule for next year it would be cool to be able to see some of the uh some of the pics listed online somewhere what, so, you so that you
0: so that you can gauge your picks off somebody that knows what they're talking about
3: no 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 once people have put their <laughs> picks in you know i don't know when your deadline is for putting pics in the night beforehand it would be cool to then have them listed on on somewhere well and, it's, uh, it's, it's a, if by
0: magic paul behind the scenes there is a website being built and we are nearly ready to launch so it's like oh, we thought of that there we are coming soon
3: Coming soon. Spoiler, oh,
0: spoiler alert! Twenty twenty five websites
2: coming.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, you are a. <laughs> d-. um, <laughs> so ben, you feel friend, that might get edited out. Yeah, well, no, I keep. I might keep that one in. Uh, <laughs> so you're going for
3: Schwartz, uh, Paul. What do you think? Yeah, I'm thinking that. Despite falling short today, I'm gonna to go for Clement Noel again. I think he had the speed and I think it'd be fired up. And uh yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna back him. I'm not sure who I'm gonna pick, unsurprisingly. Uh, pick Dave. Dave, like pick, pick Every day. week it's every week <laughs> in a podcast I listen to, it, it's like you're surprised when this section comes around. Oh, we've got to pick skiers. Oh I like now, to like that.
0: I like to think of my feet, Paul. I like it to it's be instinct, not over-planning it. I like to overthink it when it comes to the pick, but not over-plan it. I'm not a planner. Um, <laughs> I like to think
2: of my feet. I just do it really slowly.
0: Yeah, just got slow feet. That's why I was a downhiller, not a slalom skier. Uh, I think your your experience call from the, the speed events, I think it applies to this as well, as what, what Dave was saying earlier, how this... <laughs> So, I don't know why
3: people listen to this. Mm, yeah, I no, need right. <laughs> yeah, right. Um,
0: Are you about to say Zenhausen? No.
3: You say it. No, no. I'm going to go. Oh, do I go Daniel Yule? Or... No. I've been going for Daniel Yule all year and he's got me nothing. Although he was. Did he win second run today? I think he did. Joint winner, was he? I think he was joint winner, actually. So, there's... there's maybe there's some form coming back, but he's looked off form so far this season. Yeah, he struggled, hasn't he? Yeah, which is a shame because I, I really like him because he, he rips on Dave. Yeah. Uh Strasser or Yule.
0: Strasser or Yule, Strasser or Yule. <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> Donghaiun,
0: he got points last year. Strasser. I'm gonna go I'm gonna go with him. Linus.
2: We'll have to count up and see how many uh, uh, Dave picks we get after after his result today, because I think there'll be a lot yeah, more next week.
0: Certainly going to be a few. Um, thank you very much, gentlemen, for your lovely insights. I uh, won't thank you for your abuse, um, but until next time.
2: Next, <laughs>
0: <bye> <laughs> next week,
2: uh, I'm making you pick uh, in advance of the podcast.
0: <laughs> All right. <laughs> until then, then. Bye for now.